welcome back to Unyielded, thriving no matter what. I'm your host, Bobby Kaler, and I'm so happy that you've joined us. As the creator and host of this podcast, it is critical to me to convey to you, our listeners, how much positive power you have inside of you right now, in this very moment. You have the power to change your life. And that could be changing it, like I had to back when I was 23, from a place of kind of being on a road to nowhere, kind of feeling hopeless and stuck, to being on a road to somewhere desirable, someplace good. It could also be changing your life from good to great. And it could also be changing your life from great to, I cannot believe how incredibly blessed and lucky I am to get to live this life. You have that power inside of you, and that is all you need to get started. The rest, you can learn along the way. I started this podcast as a way to bring stories of hope and triumph, as well as resources that will help you along that journey, whatever that might be, where, whatever your starting place is, or whatever your destination might be. My sincerest hope is that you find it valuable. So let's go. Here is this week's episode. My guest today was only 16 years old when he was first bitten by the coaching bug. He was watching a late night infomercial and he purchased the Tony Robbins Personal Power Audio Cassette Program. He was blown away with what he learned from the 30-day personal development program. Back then, coaching was a term reserved for sports coaches and being pre-internet days, he put aside his desire for coaching because he couldn't find training for it. Since then, He has been a highly successful associate in the business world, a top-selling real estate broker, and even a personal trainer. And now once again, he has turned his attention back to coaching. His name is Yannick Picard, and I cannot wait for you to meet him. Yannick, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for the invitation, Bobby. Oh man, I've been looking forward to this. And why don't, before we get into your story, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners, you know, who you are and what you do. So I am a mindset and confidence coach, and I love dealing with self-sabotage in like where, however many ways it shows up and just helping get individuals like straight to the bottom of what's at the root and help them see that a lot of the times it's just stories. Yeah. Stories that over time we come to believe and we don't question. Yeah, it's like it's it's almost like cold hard cash. It's like, you know what? And a lot of this stuff comes from like our childhood or from our adolescence when like we weren't even like completely formed as adults. And so we were operating often what I say is operating like not like fully developed. And so with a very, very small portion of the capabilities and the knowledge that we have as an adult. And so when these stories get formed at such a young age, basically, like we look for evidence over time that they're true and it just basically cements them. And then after a while, we just take them for like that it's reality. That's what it is. And it's, we can't, we don't even question them. No, that's that. And that's like, that's the, the part that is, I find the wildest. And when I was able to see that those were just stories. 
and that I could actually, I had the capabilities and I could rewrite them. That's where magic just like, yeah, it was just like, all right. So like, what am I writing today? What am I rewriting today? Yeah. I love the way you just said that. What am I rewriting? And that's, you know, that's the positive intelligence, right? The PQ. Yeah. And we're both fans of that. You're way farther along in the program than I am. But so why don't, would you mind sharing a little bit about, I guess, your story where, where this began, you know, your childhood experience? Yeah. So around fifth grade. So my, my, I, I moved to Germany. My dad was in the military. So I moved to Germany when I was seven years old. Oh, wow. And yeah. So my parents separated, I was nine and led to a, uh, a move to one of the other military bases in Germany. And a couple of months after the year started, there's an event that occurred uh, at recess. And I ended up crying in front of classmates. In my mind, I thought it's like, hey, it's like, these are my friends and it should be okay. It's yeah. like, that, that was how wrong could I be? <laughs> and I mean, like, you know what? Like, kids are great, but on the flip side, kids sometimes can be the worst. They can be cruel. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and that's what happened. So, uh, shortly after that event, they sort of like ganged up and they started like bullying, teasing me. And, yeah. and so, like for me at that point, I just sort of like withdrew and I said, okay, so I need to find a way to be almost like invisible because like, this is just like, this teasing is just not okay. And like I said, my parents had just recently split up. So I didn't really know like who to turn to at that point, who to have conversation with. And I also didn't want to be like the, the kid who basically like ratted out so I was caught between like a rock and a hard place. Right, right. I can I can understand how. So yeah. there you are. That's young. Yeah, that would have been like like 10 years old or, or, or about then. And that lasted for a good year and a half. And it was just, yeah. And even at one point, I actually found a uh, another group of kids at that school. So the, the school uh, catered to both French and English speakers. And so I was in French school um, all my life. And so what I did is I actually befriended one of the classes that had English kids. And so, and then of course I I thought, okay, well, you know what, like, at least I have people that like I can hang out with and play with at recess, but then like that didn't stop like the bullies from continuing. And so uh, I was like, okay, so I couldn't see like a door that I could use. And it was just as a 10 year old and an 11 year old, it was just horrible. Yeah. So in a, a year and a half over one event. Yeah. You know, yeah. but that's the amazing thing. Like sometimes I think kids can have a really long memory on these things. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. You know, so how did that affect you as you were growing up? Well, I mean, what happened there is, and this is something that I found out like like decades later, is that it the it it kind of like it was the perfect storm or the, the perfect event for a an avoider and and a stickler. So a perfectionist to show up. So the avoider was like, okay, so I'm avoiding anything that could be dangerous. Or I mean, like it's not necessarily like that could be dangerous, that I perceived that could be dangerous. And like what looking back now, like really isn't. And the other thing is the stickler, which is like the perfectionist. And I said, okay, well, if everything I do is perfect, then nobody can come at me. That's right. No one has anything to make fun of. Exactly. Because Mm -hmm. it's like, you know what? Like it's perfect. So there you go. Yeah. 
Wow. So then you were trying all the, all the time to, I think you said at one point, maybe this is in the video, but be invisible. Yeah. Yeah. Just basically, you know what, like my, my goal was to be invisible. And the funny thing is that it created circumstances where, you know, how sometimes like, like I feel that the universe sort of like listens in on your thoughts or your conversation. And, and then like around the same time, I, there's something that shifted in school. Whereas gym class, like the gym teacher would basically always pick like two captains for whatever sport we're playing. And the kids would sort of like pick like, okay, so I pick this one. And then the other captain would pick the other one. Oh yeah. I would never get picked because I was the last one standing. Yeah. So, and that kind of like reinforced like everything that was going on for me at the time. And yeah. And I just, I never really understood it until like a year or so ago. Um, when I started really sort of like doing a deep dive into self-sabotage and, and just like re-examining everything for um, sort of like on what it is and not what I made it out to be. Yeah. Wow. And did that affect you? I think in one of the things, you know, because we kind of emailed back and forth a little bit, I think at one, you, you said something about it kept you from taking action. Yeah. Because I just wanted to be invisible. Yeah, and, it, and it's funny. So it, I wanted to be invisible, but I also wanted to belong. But then, ah. but it, it's sort of like it's the perfect storm where it's almost like competing stories, and then never really getting what you want. And so it wasn't until, like I said, like I, I really started unraveling all these stories and the attachment and the meaning that were um, that I attached to them that I was able to see this sort of like for what it was and not for what I'd made it out to be. Yeah. And in the end, I mean, like as much pain as that had caused me, it was such a relief to see that it was just a story. Yeah. You know what? They're kids and kids will be kids. And I mean, like, it's not like something that like that that's excusable, but it's just the reality. And did they know, did they know what they're doing? You know what? I want to say that now, probably not. Did they know how it would affect me like over the years? Probably not. And so it was just like a a result of their own upbringing. And yeah, it just kind of clashed. But the great thing is that once I was able to see all of this for what it is, that's when I, I was able to roll up my sleeves and just decide, okay, so like this is the event. And this is sort of like the, 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 the payload like, that I attach to that event. And now I can make it mean whatever I want. So as opposed to having a sad, disempowering story, like why not basically see all the benefits, everything that that gave me? And so I started basically step by step. I mean, it wasn't something that I did overnight. It was yeah. a process. But over the course of the process, I was able to see all the good that had come out of it. And so by seeing that, I was able to, to just basically like, like slowly, but surely turn the tide and, and rewrite the stories one after the other. And that's one of the most amazing things that we can do as human beings is yeah, there are certain events, like it happened. Mm -hmm. I can't go back. I, I don't have a DeLorean. I can't go back in time <laughs> and I can't go back in time. And the morning of that event, tell my younger self, Hey, you know what? This event's going to happen today. 
make sure not to cry. Yeah. Yeah. You can't change it. No, but you know what? The other thing also is that like, as part of this process, I asked myself, I'm like, if Doc Brown showed up in the DeLorean tomorrow morning and said, Hey, we're going back to this event. You in? I'm not sure that I'd jump in. No, no. And okay. So I'm going to ask you why, and then I'll share why, but because I have something similar. Why would you be hesitant to jump in the DeLorean with Doc Brown? Because you know what? As much as pain as that event, and like I can see what it's caused, I, I don't think that I would, I would want to give it up because I don't think that I'd be who I am today. And, yeah. and having this conversation with you had none of that happened. Yeah. And that's exactly and, my answer on, on, for mine, right? And like, yeah. And the other thing also is that then I ask myself, okay, I, I go in the DeLorean, I change that event. What happens after? Like, how does that affect what comes after? Does that mean like, let's say, for example, the kid who was sort of like the ringleader, let's say that I decided to, to, to have a fight with him. And I mean, I'm, I'm not condoning like, like physical violence, but let's just say that that happened. Great. So I would have become the bully. That's right. And I'm like, no, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't want that. And so, yeah, so that's the reason why I'm not sure that I would be so inclined to jump in and rewrite that part of my story. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because like with with me, you know, my childhood was in in some ways there was abuse in it. Right. And, And at the same time, my mom was an amazing person. She just had some psychological issues and some days were very good. Some days wasn't very good, you know, and it, it was interesting because like I've always said, she was the most amazing person I've ever met on her good days. And, but I wouldn't go back and change because I think number one, it made me who, who I am. And, and it's, it kind of sparked the passion for what I do. And at the same time, I'd never wish it on somebody else. Yeah. You know, so when we're talking about the stories and you mentioned that the saboteurs, the self-sabotage. Yeah. Oh, and I wanted to say too, what I'm hearing here at this part is like the gift in the experience. Yeah. Cause there's almost, it's hard to see sometimes, but there almost is that, that gift in it, you know? So yeah, go ahead. No, I, you're absolutely right. And you know what? Sometimes it takes a bit of distance from the event. Like it's not necessarily something that, okay. Like, like I don't think that I would have been able to, to be as discerning and see what the gift was in that story. If you'd asked me like, I don't know, a year later, I no. probably said like, oh my God, I'm like, like, I don't Be know quiet. what you're on. I don't know what you're on. <laughs> there is no <laughs> gift. <laughs> yeah. There's no gift here. I was isolated. I was bullied. Life was kind of hell. And I mean, like I threw myself into competitive swimming. Just oh. in, that was my outlet. Competitive yeah. swimming. That's an intense, that's intense too. Like that's, that takes a lot of dedication. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that too, about the gift. Like we, sometimes it takes a while for us to see it. I had someone on the podcast, Josh Freeman, and he is the CEO of Six Seconds Emotional Intelligence, you know, worldwide organization. And no, actually it was, it was someone else within Six Seconds, Jim Fave. And he was saying, sometimes we try to point people to the silver lining too soon. Yeah. It, you know, it takes a while. So you can't try to get to that too soon. But just kind of knowing that it's there can sometimes sometimes bring us hope. Yeah. And um and that's actually like absolutely like spot on. And I find that as I did the work with uh positive intelligence and going through the process, that it actually helped me strengthen the muscle so that I can see the silver lining a lot quicker 
than I had in the past. It gave me like the tools that I can say, hey, wait a sec. Like if I'm looking at this, like what would be the gift? What could be the gift? And then it's forcing me to be curious. Like it's almost like that anthropologist. I can never get that word right. (laughs) I know what you're saying. Anthropological. Like anyways, you you know what I mean. Yeah. And so, and just, just be like super curious about, okay, so if this was a gift, like what could it be? And I mean, like, I don't necessarily always get to it, like the moment that I think about it, but at least, you know what, I'm signaling my brain to basically be aware and be on the lookout for what that might be. And you know what, sometimes it's a couple of days and sometimes it's a couple of weeks, but there, there usually is a gift underneath everything. So just be open to what's there. Yep. And I, I think that that, you know, that question that you're asking yourself, that gets to what we, we always talk about too, especially in coaching is, you know, we grow in the direction of the questions we ask ourselves, you know? So think about that question that you're asking yourself versus why do these bad things happen to me? Think about the, the different directions those two questions would take us. Yeah. I mean, there's one that is, hey, like, it's almost like a, like the disempowered versus empowered, right? That's right. So it's like, hey, I've got this happening to me. Or look at it, it's like I've got this happening for me. That's right. So, like, which one do you want to live live in? And yeah. it's like, you know what? I'd rather live in why is this happening for me? And yeah. then just get curious. And you know what? It's like I get it. Like as a kid, like mentally, physically, not as fully developed as as we are as an adult. And so it would take a while to figure that out. Like, had I been asked that question as a kid. But now as an adult, and of course, there's like a couple of decades that have spanned (laughs) since, it's really, really easy to see what the gifts were. And I mean, I love what I do today. I love helping individuals, helping people just see the same thing and realize that, wait a sec, it's just a story that I made up. And it's not to make anything or or anyone wrong, but it's just a story. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay. So what would be a better way to see this event? Yeah. So that's a great segue. How do you help people with that? You know, seeing the story, number one, because I think, and I love your perspective. I think sometimes we tell ourselves these stories. We're not even aware of the story that we're telling ourselves. Like we're, we're not aware of like how it's affecting us. So what, how do you help people with that? So the one thing that uh, as coaches, I mean, we're, we often have difficulty seeing what's in our own blind spot. But we usually have really, really great (laughs) tools to be able to mirror back or or shine a light on for our clients. And so it's just, again, it's just by bringing in curiosity and just going for the right question. And it's like, hey, it's like, so if this was something that was positive, what could it be? And yeah, and it's just like just leading slowly and seeing what comes up and, and just just, you know what, just being present and just being there or for your client yeah, is, is one of the most amazing things that we, that we get to do as coaches, right? Yeah. And I, I think that it's the deep listening, right? When you're listening to someone and you start to recognize how they're telling themselves a story yeah. and, and then just to kind of bring awareness to it, like through a question. Mm-hmm. I'm always stunned. People say, how did you know how to ask? How did you know to ask me that question? And, you know, straightforward here or transparent. My questions are usually very simple. Like, hey, I heard, you know, you're like, you're just raising awareness on it. And 
but it's like, just cause, cause you're listening. Yeah. And, and sometimes I'm listening it, a different way. Yeah. And sometimes it's something just as simple as tell me more about that. Yeah. Tell yeah. me more because then you, then oftentimes by asking that I find myself or I find that, that that creates an opening for the client to say, wait a sec, like, wait a sec. No, this is a story. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about this, but I have a theory because I mean, I, I've coached a lot of people and my theory is that many of us don't have great listeners in our own personal life. And so when you hold that space for someone and you're really deeply listening and you're listening with the intention to truly understand, I think sometimes that that leads to a lot of the breakthroughs because I think a lot of people aren't used to being heard. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And it's interesting that you mentioned that. And I had that. I had a client on a call last week and it was, it was an initial call. Uh, it was our first call that, that we were having. And I noticed that in the call, like she, um, she shared with me some of, of her background and, and I was like, okay, you know what? She just needs to, to know that there's somebody that's listening. Yeah. And so we spent the first session just sort of like, like creating that with her. And maybe about an hour after the session was over, she emailed me and said, Oh my God. She says, like, I finally feel heard. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just felt safe. Those two things, right? The safety and feeling heard. It's remarkable. Yeah. You know, because then I think when that environment exists, we can start to be more honest with ourselves. You know, and we, I mean, I've had a coach for years and years and years. And I know like I, I can just show up in that space and it's it's very empowering, you know. Yeah. So tell me more about, let's talk about the saboteurs. Okay. So what do you want to know? <laughs> um, yeah. Why don't you, for the sake of the listeners, because I know we have the master saboteur, the judge. Yes. Do you want to speak a little bit about the judge? Sure. The judge basically it really is, has to do, it's, it's the master saboteur. He is the, he or she is the one that, that is the, is the puppeteer and will enlist basically like some of the other saboteurs to help him. Like if, if I make a Star Wars reference, it's almost like the emperor would be the, the judge. <laughs> the master. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then a series of like Darth Vader's and Inquisitors as saboteurs. Yeah. And so he basically like has, like he starts and then has like some of his like minions, so to speak, like do his bidding. And so, so oftentimes what will happen is that the judge will initiate something and then realize that just on, on his own, because as you get better, the judge loses power, power. loses credibility. And so, so it's like, okay, so I, I need help. And so we'll go for one of the accomplice saboteurs, whether it's like the avoider, the controller, a pleaser, a restless, um, a stickler, or like a victim, or any of the, the three like hyperachiever, hyperrational, or hypervigilant to come and assist to make sure that like you stay exactly where you are. And the lie is really that, that, Hey, like this got you to where you are. What's wrong with it? Like you're alive, everything's good, but it's realizing that it's a lie. It's just, yeah, it got you to where you are today. And these are strategies that you learned as a kid, as an adolescent that allowed you to get to where you are today. Unfortunately, as you got older, like it's almost like they, they became subconscious and they're kind of stowaways and yeah. you're, you're carrying them with you everywhere you go. 
So a car cuts you off on the highway and then you get triggered. You basically like you get into a parking lot and like you can't find a parking space like or a multitude of situations that come up and you sort of like you get triggered. You have a re- like a physical reaction and it's just like all of it um, has to do with like perception and how your saboteurs are interacting because your judge may say like, hey, like, for example, not finding a parking spot. Like your victim is like, well, I can never find a parking spot. And mm-hmm. so it's like, little, poor little me, I can't right. find a parking spot. But yeah, it's just like at the end of the day, it's just, it has to do with like, with what strategies you needed to get to where you are today. And then as an adult, now the great thing is that you get to pick, hey, you know what? Like, is this still work for me today? Yeah. Because often they don't. We may have needed them at one point, but it's recognizing I don't need that anymore. You yeah. know? Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, I have got my graduate degree back in 2010 and I understand, you know, I understood a lot of this, but I was surprised because I started the program, the PQ program in January. I was surprised how active my judge still was. And I've been aware of my self-talk. Like I've been working on this. When was it that Maria, my coach, pointed it out? It was in the 90s, late 90s. Okay. And I would have said, I've made great progress. I mean, if you'd heard the way I talked to myself back in the 90s, it was vicious, like vicious. And it was like, oh yeah, I've got to get it. But it was funny how sneaky the judge is, you know, in the way that he'd show up. So now I'm much better at saying, oh, that's the judge again. Mm-hmm. You know, and now you've mentioned your, so you have the stickler and the avoider. Yeah. So when I started the program, so I'm, I'm I think that I'm probably like a year, a year. Like almost like for the day ahead in the program. And so when I, I initially did the assessment, my avoider and my stickler were number one and number two and very, mm-hmm. very strong. And so I, yeah. Did I know that I avoided and I procrastinated? Yeah, I knew, but yeah. I didn't really, like, I didn't know more than I just like, it's just part of who I am. The perfectionist, the stickler, do I know? It's like, yeah, I've got an eye for it. It's, it's it, it, like, and that's what I, I guess I told myself. It's like, no, no, it's like, like, I want to put something out there and I want it to look good. Yep. Not necessarily knowing that it was a form of self-sabotage that kept me hidden. And so after going through the program, I was probably about five months into the program. And I decided to take the assessment again. And like the results for my stickler and my avoider, instead of being one and two, I think dropped to like five and six. Wow. And that at that point, I, my highest, I think was the hyper rational, which wasn't even like, I think was, wasn't even in the, like, I think was my number five became my number one at 5.6. Yeah. And I had some basically like completely like go down to like, they were like in the like one, uh, 1.5 or something like that. So just really kind of like almost be like decimated. Yeah. And that's the power of this work, you know? So I mentioned this to you, I think it was before we started, uh, recording my one and two and they're neck and neck. And the first one did not surprise me at all was the hypervigilant. Yeah. You know, and with my childhood, that vigilance is how I survived, you know, and that, that may have been needed then, but I'm not under attack now, you know? And and so that was something I, that one did not surprise me, not even in the little uh, least bit, the one that was and I, and these are almost the same. 
And this one, this one hurt was the pleaser. Ah, yeah. I had no, I, if you had asked me, are you a people? I would have said, no, not at all. Not, not even a little bit, but wow, that, that was an eye opener for me. And so that, that's another one that I've become more and more aware of. And I've really worked on the vigilance first and the judge, because I know you're supposed to pick one and the judge, and that's what I've done. Um, But yeah, that was, but pleasing was also another strategy I had to use as a kid, right? If I could make everybody happy, things would be less turbulent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if, if you made everything like everybody happy, then, then it's almost like you gave a break to your hypervigilant. Yeah. (laughs) He needed a break. (laughs) (laughs) Virgil, the vigilant needed a break, but, but go ahead. Cause you're right. Yeah. And so sometimes what I found is that as the results come in and I have my clients complete the assessment questionnaire and share the results with me, I sometimes see, it's almost like uh, competing where, yeah. So it's almost like, like, I don't want to say competing, but it's almost like um, when one shows up, like you, like as a strong, usually like the second one will show up as a strong second or, or vice versa. And so it's sorry, complimentary is, is what I, I was looking okay. for. And so it, it's so interesting how some of them get paired up sometimes. And mm-hmm. I mean, like I've, I've been going through and, and doing this for a year and I've been able to, based on like what some clients have shared with me and so on, like I've been able to see, oh, wait a sec. Like if, for example, like for me, I was bullied in school. So I know that oftentimes if you're bullied in school, it was certain saboteurs would be sort of like ranking like in your top three. Yeah. And so, yeah. And at the same time, I know that, for example, like as I go through coaching with clients that I know how the pleaser shows up in life. So mm-hmm. I know how, like what circumstances created sort of like the inception point for the pleaser. And I know how, how the pleaser will show up. And so it's great because it's allowed me to develop certain strategies that I share with some of my clients that have a strong pleaser, for example, or a strong avoider, and just make it so that that they don't face a situation where where they get stuck and, yeah. and get thrown off uh, the work that they're doing right now. Yeah, because it's kind of, it's amazing how much the saboteurs can uh, distract us. Yeah. If not derail. Yeah, no, Absolutely. And there's um, somebody t- shared with me uh, a little while ago, and she's like, "Oh my god! Like, isn't it this great that that you like that you have this and that you know all this? Like, like what's it like to live without a saboteur?" And I said, <laughs> "I said, I don't know. Go ask Buddha." So <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, I still have my own. Yeah, you know what? They're they're not as 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 ferocious or as as strong as they once were. But yeah, I mean, like every so often, like I'll get thrown off my game. But the great thing is that with the assessment, I can always refer back to the results and say, okay, like which one is throwing me off my game and what's the story? Yeah. And then once I know which one's throwing me off my game and what the story is, then I can say, okay, so wait a sec, like, oh my God, this again? Or it's like, oh, this is interesting. And then I can sort of like, like focus on that specific saboteur. Um, to weaken them um, over sort of like like a four or six week period, and just like really sort of like like focus on like learning and learning about that saboteur 
and learning as to how I get to a point where I can intercept and see, hey, wait a sec, like I'll look at my calendar, I'll look at what I've got to do today and say, wait a sec, this saboteur might show up here and here. So just be on the lookout. Like yeah, It might yeah. not, but it's possible that, that they will. So if I get to the point where I can, it's almost like I, I can see what might throw me off my game, then I've, I'm empowered. That's right. If, if I know that that might happen and I know what to do if it does, then if it does, then I've already got, it's almost like I've already got like the solution and I can just basically go in and apply the solution. Right. I mean, we, yeah, the, the interceptor, that's, that's a huge one. Like in yeah. anticipating like, okay, what's it going to be in, and just for the listeners too, I mean, this is based in neuroscience and it's yeah. the neuroscience is really stunning with this. You know it a little bit better than I do probably at this point, because you're, you know, a year ahead. What do you normally share with your clients about the neuroscience of this, you know, just for the validity? Um, you know what? I've actually not had to share that much about it. That's cool. Because yeah, it's just like, you know what, like I've, like they have some of the information as part of the program, the six week program. Yeah. And so, and the videos that, that you get to watch like um, on a weekly basis. So a lot of those questions basically get answered in, yeah. in the program. Um, so I haven't had to do like, like a real deep dive into all the, uh, the studies and, and so on that the neuroscience behind it. But the other thing also is that they get to see like usually like by week three, like most people by week three of the program will be able to see how their behavior has changed. Yeah. It and doesn't so, take long. No. And so that just basically like, it, it, it's almost like, like, well, Hey, I'm living it. I see it in action. Yeah. And so. And that gets pretty exciting. The proof's in the pudding. Yeah. The proof's yeah. there. And, you know, I was a little bit skeptical when, when I first, because I'm like, you know what, I've studied the neuros, I've studied neuroscience, you know, um, I'm not a neuroscientist, but I've studied as part of my grad program. I've been involved in EQ since 2005, 2006, something like that. And with, like I shared with you before we started, you know, recording, I've known that vigilance is an issue and I've worked on it and it has gotten better. My program started January 22nd today. You know, we're filming, we're, we're filming, we're recording, uh, what, March 7th. And, yeah. and I know that the work, the progress I've made on vigilance in that those few weeks, you can't even compare to the more than a decade before. Yeah. It's, it's really stunning. It really is. Yeah. Because the great thing with the program is that you, it's not like you have to, to spend like an hour a day and it's, it's like, oh my God, it's like this so long. It is really sort of like these like mini bursts of a couple minutes at a time that you do yeah. like five or six times a day. To, that will start to move the needle. Yeah, you know what? You can spend a little bit more time and, and that may speed things up. But I mean, like you, you won't go, you can't, there's not enough time in a day for you to go from, hey, from a top saboteur and to bring them down to zero in, in a week. But if you are consistent with the amount of time that you focus and you learn about your saboteurs and the strategies that you can put in place in order to minimize their impact and at the same time strengthen your wise self by using interceptor you just shared by using the the empathize power one of the yeah. big things for me is actually 
empathizing. I mean, just using like that childhood photo. Oh, I loved that exercise. And just basically, yeah, finding a childhood photo of you, like when you were like maybe six or seven before a lot of this happened. And then just having empathy for that inner child that may have been neglected. And it's not your fault. Like, again, no one's wrong and not making any wrong. And it's just realizing that portion of you was just not, it was just like not as well attended as Mm -hmm. it could have. Yeah. And I think with that too, one of the important things is because, you know, in my pod, you know, for, for the listeners, when you go through the program as a coach, you're, you're part of a pod. So you have a weekly, a weekly group and you discuss these things with other coaches. A couple of the folks in my pod, they had very, very happy childhoods. And so at first they're like, well, nothing bad happened in my childhood. So that, does that mean I don't have a saboteur? And that, that was their question week one. By week two, they're like, oh my goodness, I really had no idea. So it's not just like, oh, if you had a bad childhood, this happens. Yeah. And I think it's just part of the development, right? We take these personas on or saboteurs on because we're just trying to survive as a child in an uncertain world. And that was something very surprising to me because I thought, well, it's only people like me. You know, that's kind of had a... Oh, yeah. I mean, like, hey, it's like your mom's a stay-at-home mom. You've got like unlimited funds. Yeah. Yeah. Like your mom, like has gone through like the whole like psychology program and she's a therapist. So, (laughs) and all that stuff. You think like, oh my God, like... Butterflies and, you know... exactly. But then you realize that, wait a sec, some of these saboteurs, it doesn't matter if you had like, like an amazing childhood mm-hmm. or if you've had like a less than stellar childhood um, yeah. where you were like fraught with like with conflict and, and so on. It'll show up. They do show up. Yeah. So I think that's the other piece that's kind of, you know, kind of amazing to me. So, I mean, we could probably talk about this all day, but I think we're, I think we're about 40 minutes in here and I want to respect your time. So if someone's interested in the work that you're doing, or they want to learn more about your coaching, what is the, what's the best way for people to learn or to follow you and, and to learn more? So I would say one of two places uh, easily is um, my Instagram, which is at the naked coach. And you can also find me on LinkedIn. Uh, if you do a search for my full name, Yannick Picard. Okay. And now, since you mentioned the naked coach, you kind of have to tell us the story. What's up with that? So the naked coach. So I was part of a coaching program on how to develop uh, business skills at the start of the pandemic, because like a lot of the world basically sort of like went digital. And so one of the things is that I had strategies because I was a realtor prior and I had strategies for networking and connecting and, and sort of like getting uh, oriented. Yeah. But when the pandemic happened, it's like, like we basically were, were made afraid of our own shadow. And so what do you do? And I'm like, I, I don't really know. So I took on this, this course that taught all these strategies so that you could completely go online. And one of the, uh, I used to spend Fridays answering tech questions in the Facebook group. And there's one day I was walking my sister's dog. And I was at a park and it was like, would have been like probably like, like 95 Fahrenheit, so about 30 degrees or so. And it was really, really humid. So I'd taken off my tank top and I just recorded the video with like all the answers for the tech talk. And so somebody responded in the comments like, oh my God, you're the naked coach. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, oh my God, like that is like a million dollar idea. And that resonated with me because my, the work that I do is really to help people 
sort of like shed the layers, like remove the armor, get rid of the walls that they've built so that what comes out is who like they were always meant to be had none of that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that. And I loved how in your video, you related it to Jamie Oliver, the naked chef. It's one of my favorite cookbooks, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) And do you want to mention that video? Because we can also put a link in that to the, uh, in the comments. Yeah. So I was actually, so as part of the coaching program, one of my coaches actually gave me a challenge and, and don't forget, like I was an avoider and a stickler. Oh boy. So this is before the, the positive intelligence stuff. Yeah. And so, so again, like me blending in, not being seen is protection. And so all of a sudden it was like creating a video and putting it out there, not like private view where I could only see it. Yeah. Have anybody stuck, come across it. And so I took it on and like a, a Friday night, I just decided that, you know what, I'm going to, to create this video and share the story because if it could help one person, then you know what, the video has served a purpose. And I even published that onto LinkedIn and I had like over like 4,000 views in like in the first couple of days. And I just like, I just blew my mind, like all the positive comments that I got. I had people reaching out to me privately saying how, how much they resonated with that story. They had like similar um, bullying stories in, in their childhood and how it was amazing and relieved. They were relieved that like, Hey, you know what, if this, if this guy went through something similar yeah. that I did, then there's hope for me too. Yep. And that's a lot of the time, that's what people are looking for, right? They want, that's like, right. it's the hope that they can cross that and it does get better and it does get better. Yeah. And that they're not alone. Exactly. You just you have to know. know what, you just have to reach out. Yeah. And, and that really is the power of sharing our stories. And that's why I started this podcast. I mean, for years I've done works and I mean, years, more than a decade, a couple decades, you know, done workshops. And as I got to know the people in the classroom, I always thought, and it didn't matter what industry, whatever, I'd get to know the people in the classroom. I thought, man, they've got such an amazing story. More people need to hear their stories because I think it's inspiring. And finally, you know, the pandemic, when it hit, it was like, well, I'm not on the road all the time. I guess I have time to take this on. (laughs) And that's that's why I started it. Yeah. So I'll put that link because it's it's definitely worth taking a look at. It's only what two minutes, uh, yeah, super yeah. short, yeah. And uh, so. and yeah, so it's like, and you know, what, if you want to listen to it, like it's subtitled. So if you want to listen to it, like without the audio on, you like sort of like privately, then then yeah, it's it's not a problem. And and if you have like French speaking listeners out there, I even have like a French language track, so subtitled as well. So there you go. Nice. Maybe send me that link too, and I'll put that in the show notes. So we have both. It's actually the same link. Um, oh, same link. Yeah. So if the user selects the English subtitles, then they get the oh. English one by default. And then if they select French, then they can actually have French oh, uh, language track instead. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us and, and for sharing and talking about the saboteurs. It's, it is really groundbreaking work or life-changing. Absolutely. And, and thank you so much for this opportunity. It was like, and it is like amazing to share, like, my story and to be able to speak about like self-sabotage and yeah, it really was like the focus of my 2021 is like, okay, so I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to help others figure this out too. Yeah. So yeah. And I think that's the beauty of it. We figure something out for ourselves and it's how do we help others with it? 
I hope that you enjoyed this interview and that you found value in learning about the saboteurs. Here are my three insights for thriving. Number one, no one is immune to the inner saboteurs. We don't need to judge ourselves for that. It doesn't mean that we're bad or broken or that something is wrong with us. It means that we're human. Number two, the saboteurs are like stowaways on our journey. And we're often not even aware that they're there, but they still consume our resources, our time, our attention, and our energy. And they can distract us, if not outright derail us from achieving what we want in life. And finally, number three, everyone can learn to quiet their saboteurs. It begins with awareness. If you are interested in learning more about your saboteurs, you can go to positiveintelligence.com and read more about this research. And there's also a place on there where you can take a free assessment. Both Rick and I took, have taken this assessment, and that's what led us to become huge believers and also students of this process. And it's why we've added it to our coaching system, because we can see the difference that it's made for us. It's truly, and I hate to say this, but it's truly life-changing. So that wraps up today's episode. I hope it was helpful learning more about this work. If you found value in this podcast, I hope that you'll leave us a review on Apple as that helps us spread the message to even more people. I hope that you have a great week and that you thrive no matter what.